0: A radio show that confesses Christ. Without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture
1: seriously.
2: Without taking ourselves so seriously.
1: You're listening to
2: Table Talk Radio. I I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated the baptism incorrectly. Like, Wait a minute. You're mistaken. <laughs> he, said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I,
0: I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming.
1: And it's so, 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 so deserves to be crunched. I mean, mega crunched. <laughs> So uh, if you guys put the magic crush. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, passive Keep it mediocre, mediocre and hilarious.
2: For homeowners getting a new roof installed, this is Table Talk Radio. Just crank it up. Yeah, you know, just I don't know. Maybe, maybe. maybe It'd be that way around. Someone's listening to Table Talk Radio, and all of a sudden, the roofers start going. You're like, oh, oh, t- turn off Table Talk. This is, this is good stuff. <laughs> Something that's else nice. to listen to.
0: <laughs> all right. That's right. Fi- the, so- the sound of the roofers on the tin roof in the hail.
2: <laughs> Relief. The, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, finally. Relief. Really? Well, you remember how we do this? We do some buzzwords and things like that. Yes. Oh, yeah. We this This show is all about our listeners because... Uh, we got some voicemails. You know, it's it's good to check the thing once in a while. You know, the the voicemail thing. I don't even know how. Of course, how to do it. But, but that's not so, a surprise. Yeah, I mean, that, I don't think anybody surprised
0: it. I don't know. I don't even know how long we've do, been doing this. Seventeen years, fifty-seven years. Still don't know our phone number. Yeah,
2: one 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 of these days. But uh, I was motivated
0: so, to learn it back when it was the. What was it? Who wants to date a seminarian? Those days are long gone. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> Who wants to babysit Evan's daughter now? That's the hotline we need.
2: So. Yeah. By the way, another one on the way.
0: God, God be
2: praised. So, I didn't know if we could talk about that yet. Yeah. It. We we announced we know. announced the news on Sunday. New baby coming. So, yeah. that's exciting. Um, yeah. I'm um, great. So you know, cause, you know, you want to look at little ways in the pregnancy before you make those things public, and so. We we told we told Lily, we said, you know, got it was a baby and in, in mama's tummy and, and we are gonna be you're gonna be a big sister. She's very excited, but we said, you no, know, this is a surprise, so you know, let's not tell anyone outside of family uh just yet. And uh she did great. It was Mandy who couldn't keep it. She she spilled the beans. Someone someone called us about uh um uh, foods and she's like, Well, I can't have this because I'm pregnant. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> so it's not the three year old that spilled the beans. Mom did, but anyway. Mom. Yeah, Mom did. All right, so... I have a different... Congr- so congratulations, God Thank me you. praised. Yeah. I have a
0: different buzzword generator for you today. Today I'm using the Outlines of Doctrinal Theology, A.L. Grabner. Oh, okay. You know that one. That one? What's my page so number you can range? Pick, uh, you can pick between 1 and 282.
2: Oh man, I'm so limited by this one. It's just I feel claustrophobic. I just, uh, walls are closing in on me. How about uh seventy eight? Okay. That's uh
0: that's a good option. I, I appreciate your choice there.
2: <laughs> Thanks for your thought. Oh, look at this. State of wrath. I'm starting to realize all your compliments are just time filler to you to get to the page. I was starting to I feel heard. good about Man, I really do pick good page numbers. Then I realized...
0: You're really, star- You're really smart for noticing that. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay, there we are. <laughs> uh, State of Wrath. Paragraph 75. Uh, th- what is this talking about? Oh, sin. This is a, it's talking about sin. It says this. Inasmuch as God neither was the cause of Adam's sin, nor is the cause of man's original sin, or actual sins, nor of his inability to work his own regeneration, all the children of Adam are, as their ancestor was, in consequence of the fall, justly under the wrath of God and deserving of temporal and eternal punishment. Or as some people like to say, punishment. Now, I don't know actually who likes to say that. <laughs> this is an important, this isn't a very important point. I don't know why, I, I've got this idea of teaching this book, just... This is the handbook, Theology 101, let's study through this. In fact, I think that's what this book is, is actually a Seminary Theology 101 outline. But this state of wrath is pretty important because most people will admit something like they've made mistakes. and Maybe that's as far as they can go. Some people might be willing to admit that those mistakes were breaking not only their own good ideas, but also breaking the laws of God. Some people will admit, then, that they are sinners. Some people will even go so far as to admit that maybe they deserve punishment for their sin. But everybody pulls up short of this, and that is that because of their sin, they deserve God's temporal and eternal wrath. Mm-hmm. Nobody can go that far without the help of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. at least not not that I know of. And so this is the difference between a terrified conscience and a troubled conscience a t- troubled conscience knows that it's done things wrong a terrified conscience knows that it's offended god and deserves truly actually deserves his wrath and so that's the state of wrath thanks for picking a real upbeat buzzword seems
2: like in the recesses of my mind it i remember maybe someone like ray comfort or the growing pains guy or Maybe Todd Friel or someone like that. You know, the guys that do the on the street stuff. Yeah. Uh, they were standing outside a courthouse and were, were grabbing people as they were coming out of court. <laughs> and they'd be like, just convicted guilty for something. And, and, uh, and they'd be like, all right, are you a sinner before God? No, I didn't do it. Someone else <laughs> I mean, you would think if there'd be any place you'd be ready and willing to admit your guilt before God, it would be after you've stood before the human court and have been found guilty.
0: Well, there's a thing about that because uh, if you talk to people who have been to prison and uh, they the, the the conviction of their crime hardens them mm. in the defense of their innocence.
2: That's interesting.
0: You, you would think that like, well, okay, now I'm convicted, so I'm in here in prison for life, so I can at least now admit that I did it. But the opposite happens.
2: I think that's a rebellion of the fourth commandment. So again, well, maybe they are innocent, but well, but
0: even if you talk to the people who aren't, that's this is the thing. It's like,
2: well, that's what I mean. Like, like this, most people, maybe some, but most people, according to what you said, uh, don't see the, the verdict handed down by the authority that God had put in place to to punish criminals. In fact, they see that as boy, that the man is, is just after me, <laughs> you know. I mean, that, uh, the the my defense attorney uh, messed it up, or the prosecutor lied, or whatever, and maybe some of those elements are true, but um, it 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 isn't to say God's God's word has come down through this authority that He has set up. You know, so to rebel against the verdict is to rebel against God.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Mm. My theological right. buzzword for you is ichthus. Oh. Any, any questions? It's a Greek word for fish, which is why you have little Jesus fish on the back of people's cars. They are experts in Greek, obviously, because they know that the Greek word for fish is an acronym for Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior, Ichthus. So it became kind of a symbol, kind of a secret symbol during the time of persecution that if uh, there was some kind of a fish indication— then it was to say that, hey, I believe in Jesus, so let's band together. We're gonna to have to come up with a new a new ichthus for these days of Christian persecution.
0: Yeah, because now the ichthus is uh obvious, Yeah, It's, it's got out. The Darwin fish is eating
2: the ichthus, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, all that yeah. big so drama. We're gonna have to come up with a new thing that's super secret that the persecutors don't know.
0: Okay, we'll work on that. We probably shouldn't talk about it on air. <laughs> I, by the way, am yeah. not one hundred percent sure. As if the, all the persecutors. Yes, are they are. They're spying. tuned
2: in. <laughs> this fact, maybe that's one listeners we have. <laughs>
0: whenever somebody tells me that my cell phone's listening to me, like that's supposed to worry me. Like I'm, and I'm always. Well, at least somebody listens. You know. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> better than table talk radio. Maybe I put my cell phone here close to the microphone.
2: I remember I, I, <laughs> before you were in Texas, there was a thing where the. I think it was the mayor of Houston was uh like demanding or saying that that she was gonna uh go after preachers who preached against homosexuality, and all these pastors were like, No free speech, you know freedom of worship blah 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 and um uh pastor Murray was like oh i'll just I'll just print off every sermon I've ever preached and put a big bow on it and deliver it to the mayor's desk." <laughs> You want to read preaching? Thank you. Here it is. Yeah, God be praised. Right?
0: Here's the hi- I've highlighted some things that uh, specifically might apply to you. <laughs>
2: right. Anyway, all right. Well, we, we so we have uh, just a minute left here. Um You want to, uh, my favorite Ichthus uh, quote, please. Tertullian says, who
0: who t- he's not so reliable, but this is kind of nice. He says, "We little fish ichthoi follow our big fish Ichthus Christ." And the devil knows how to destroy the little fishes. He gets them out of the water. And that's how he starts his treatise on baptism that we got to stay in the water because we're the ichthoi following our ichthus. Huh.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, after this break, we are going to be listening to your voice voicemails to 1 800 385 Sola. Pastor, you might want to write that down. 1 800 385 7652 and uh maybe maybe it's pepper stickers you know we you would think that a a show might screen some of the voicemails that come through you know make sure that they're appropriate for air but no not us we're just gonna go after it because that would take too much show prep previewing these voicemails so you're gonna hear them as we hear them and that ought to be good one eight hundred three eight five 385 sola call in and we'll be right back after this break
1: Busting the myth that practice makes perfect. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
0: So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time, and to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 Minutes, not hours <laughs> Anyway If you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube You can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller Wolfmuller1 is the channel name See you there
2: All right, Pastor, why don't you let everyone know What the phone number is to our voicemail system 1-800-SOLA. eight uh, hundred uh, three eight five 385 sola or one 800 I have that memorized now. All these years, I finally get the 7652 memorized. All right. So, uh, you know, we have done over the years some church sign theology, some bumper sticker theology, uh, some praise song crunching, and anything could be part of the topic when people call in or... Uh, questions, frustrations, complaints—those usually go right to Pastor Wolfmiller. Um, yeah, that's right. So, but we'll 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 listen in and see what our listeners are saying.
1: Hey, pastors, thank you very much. I've really appreciated the program over the years. I have a question for you guys. I've also often heard you guys talk about these particular offices that God places us into—the office of uh, primarily the pastoral office, but then also the office of fatherhood or motherhood, or uh, all these different offices that God places us into. But also I hear a lot of talk about vocation as well, these things that God calls us to do, these, things, these uh, callings and past and responsibilities that God gives to us. And I was just wondering, is office and vocation the same? Are they interchangeable? Love to hear your thoughts about that. Thank you. Bye.
2: Fascinating. Okay, great question. Uh, Pastor, what do you yeah. think? Uh, I was going to see
0: what you thought uh <laughs> I, I I'll, I'll give you my I, okay. I, I use it almost interchangeably. vocation calling and office. Um, the the office would probably refer to the specific the fact that the Lord puts a person into a particular vocation. So you could have like the vocation of mm, shepherding. you have the office of shepherd. Mm. So that's nice. um, But but they they seem I I don't know how to distinguish them or to pull them apart any more than that. Uh, But maybe there is something there in the reflection. What do you think about that?
2: Um, I like what you said. Uh, So I was I was going to make a slightly different distinction. Um, So I I I think that we can use these interchangeably office vocation. Um, I would make a distinction that there's um, divine offices. And those are the ones that God had uh, instituted. So he said, you know, uh, pastor. Uh, we also say those divine offices that God instituted would be uh, husband, wife, father, mother. So these are ones that God had set up. Whereas um, if I'm a, uh, a CPA, that's still an office that I hold and I serve my neighbor, but God did not uh, create the office of CPA um, you know, society did, I suppose. And so, um, you know, all, insofar as offices are serving the neighbor, they're all godly. The work is godly. It's just that some that God had instituted himself for particular purposes. Thinking um, about it too, I, I go think ahead.
0: that calling might, refer, might connect. So like, I can maybe recognize that uh, I'm a father, for example. I have that office of fatherhood. I have the vocation of being a father but it's if i understand it as a calling then i understand that god is the one who gave that to me so calling might be that unique way of recognizing that the vocations and offices that we have come from god i think it's implicit in office and and vocation but it's made explicit in that language of calling
2: yeah so hear this uh this is the letter his sort of last testimony letter that Paul Gerhardt writes to his only surviving son. I think his son, if I, let's see if I, it says here, I think his son was like 12 or something like that. So this is his last, his last word to his son. He says, study theology in pure schools and at unfalsified universities and beware of the um Uh, beware of those who mix religions and confessions, for they seek what is temporal and are faithful to neither God nor men. In your common life, do not follow evil company, but rather the will and command of your God. Especially, number one, do nothing evil in the hope that it will remain secret, for nothing is spun so small that it is not seen by the light of day. Number two, and this is part of what I was reading. Number two, Outside of your office and vocation, do not become angry. If you Mm -hmm. notice that anger has heated you up, remain still and speak not so much as a word until you have first prayed the Ten Commandments and the Christian Creed silently. Ha! I love that. But notice -hmm. notice how he places a proper place for anger, and that is in and through an office and vocation. So there is something uh, appropriate— if, say, a father becomes angry at the child, um, uh, if that is according to his office, but if, if it's according to his person, it just kind of pops off because I'm easily irritable, <laughs> which is possible, <laughs> then that's not an anger according to the office. Uh, right. So the, the, the wrath of the judge um, is according to his office, not according to his person.
0: It's amazing. We, have, we were looking at First Peter chapter 2. Boy, these are some really hard words where he's talking about be subject for the Lord's sake to every governing authority. Then he talks about how servants are to be gentle and subservient to their masters, even to the difficult ones. And, we, and so the, when, when Jesus suffers, it, it gives us an option. If you don't have the cross, the only good option is justice but once the cross enters into the picture now justice is in service to mercy and we're in pursuit of mercy and so we can be silent under oppression there's no way to be silent under oppression if you're if the only good is justice but because jesus died on the cross there's a way to suffer without complaining this is really Really, quite amazing. So the, now my question is: Well, what's my what is my calling? What's my office? What's my vocation? How does the Lord speak to me and uh, and command me to live according to all
2: these things? I, I remember, pretty amazing. Yeah, I remember when I was uh, in college, and uh, I don't know if I had become Missouri Synod yet or not, but I was in probably in the process, and and I don't remember the particulars, um, but I was asking my pastor if I should do this thing or not, and I remember him saying, and this stuck with me. He said it's pretty much wrong to do anything unless it's according to your office. <laughs> so in other words I th- I think that I was I was wanting to take on something that was really not my place. And so but that but that gives us something to think about that everything we do we do according to an office. Mm-hmm. Uh and so you know maybe it would be as an office as Christian, as an office of citizen, as an office of neighbor, but it it implies that everything that we do is really for this, not for the service of self, but for the service of the neighbor. That's the way a Christian ought to think. I think. Now, what do you think about
0: this? Can we pursue our own offices? Like we, we got a bunch of young people. They're going to school and they're saying, you know, I'd like to be a doctor, so they're going to study to be a doctor. They don't have the office; they're preparing for the office. How do you? How does that fit in?
2: Well, there, uh, there's a place for this in Scripture, um, as uh, Paul writes to Timothy: uh, "Those who aspire the office. What's the wording there? I'm, I'm not." Track and Those who desire the office, are the overseer. The yeah, yeah. Desire a good S- thing. So there, ha- there has to be a desire for an office in order for one to take up the office. So there wouldn't be an office. I mean, sometimes there's offices that are just thrust upon you, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. parenthood sometimes. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if there's if there's not a if there's not a desire for the office, nobody would enter the office. So um I think that pursuit of the office itself could be its own office, its own vocation. So that students are preparing um for a particular vocation and they should prepare well <laughs> they should uh learn as much as they can and be good students so they'll be good holders of the office um and that's that's what they're what they're doing so um you know we have like in our church we have vicars which is a term we made up for those who are um interning uh to be pastors and we let them do pastorish things but we put some perimeters on that and I I don't see anything wrong with that to be honest. Um, I I think mm-hmm. that uh, it's good for our uh, men to uh to learn from a supervisor and to do some of the things at the office to see if this is really something that uh they could they could see themselves doing. Um, and then then to seek a call. I think I think that's uh, appropriate.
0: Perfect. That's great.
2: And uh, and I think that's great for our students too. Um, the the more you can kind of dip your toe into what a vocation might look like, the better. I think that's a good thing. All right, so let's uh, see what else uh, is—good stuff. Good question, by the way. Yeah, that was a great one. We should listen to these more often. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Who would have thought? They're like, hey, Happy New Year. It's 2006.
1: (laughs) Hey, pastors, it's Remy. I listen to, I mean, almost every episode of Table Talk, and I was just listening to Lost in the Valley of— Pagan practices and and y'all brought up uh, a lot of really good points about like transgenderism and gender identity. In that episode, it was really loving, uh, really well thought out. It was philosophically challenging and deep. And I just need to speak to
2: your man. Oh oh uh oh, I got cut off. But don't don't worry, uh, we have the. <laughs> I don't.
0: I don't think he was listening to our. Well, he must have been listening to another issues, et cetera, or something. I think, none of that description I, sounds like it would fit anything I, that we've ever done.
2: I think the phone system is programmed to to identify when this compliment and then criticism comes, that it cuts it off before the criticism. Oh. So it, it, it senses the accolades. It's like, all right, let's let's just stop this right now before it, before it yeah. goes anywhere. <laughs> right, yeah. well so, done, but I see though that he uh, called back right after that. So we'll listen to the other side of that voicemail when we get back from this break. You can call us too: one 385 SOLA, one eight hundred three eight five seven six five two. I'd give you an email address, but it turns out nobody actually checks the emails. Uh, we should do that. We should maybe look at emails as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
1: How many Table Talk radio
0: listeners does it take to change a light bulb? You'll probably have to settle for one. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon podcast.
2: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're listening to our voicemails at 1-800-385-SOLA. Sometimes, if you get caught complimenting us too much, the voicemail system will not let you go on. But uh, you can call back, and that's what our listener did here. And here's the next voicemail.
1: Hey, pastors. It's Remy. I was just listening to the episode Lost in the Valley of Pagan Practices, and y'all were handling the issue of transgenderism, and you did it with such uh, loving-kindness. And there was so much deep philosophical insight, um, so much intelligence, a caring discussion show. on the issue. And I just was calling to speak to a manager because that is not why we're <laughs> here. Um, yeah, that's right. That's, save that for issues, Compliance. et cetera, please.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well, point made. <laughs> It's funny that the thing he was coming down to is the very thing that you were saying. I maybe he's listened to issues, et cetera. I don't know. <laughs> you've been you've been on this topic, uh, uh got you, I mean, it's hard to miss it, right? I mean uh this is just kind of around everyone's attention in the news and just constantly everywhere. Um so didn't we use dude looks like a lady for the bump though? You wouldn't let me. You I I had it loaded up. But you... Because we were trying to be pastoral, because there's
0: a lot of pain on this whole deal. I mean, everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's just... Mm -hmm. Look, the further we go from the Lord's institutions, it's like trying to use a Ford F-150 as a toaster. (laughs) It's just... There's an issue. That's a not issues thing. There's a table talk radio thing. It's just going to be, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's dangerous for everybody, you know, and you're holding out your toast over the exhaust and it's, <laughs> so the the further we go away from the purpose for which the Lord created us and gave us our bodies, the more, the, the, oh, that's just the worst it's going to get. And okay, did we talk about meaning and purpose? I, I can't remember that episode at all, I, I, which is true for all the episodes, but <laughs> th- this idea of... That, like, I can see that purpose is partially revealed in nature, but only partially, and that meaning is not. Did Do you remember talking about that? You're asking me if I remember? Let me give you an example. So I can look at you, for example, and I say, hey, look, you have a mouth, and I have a mouth, and there's teeth in there, and I get hungry, and when I put food in my mouth, I'm not hungry anymore. Hey it seems like I have a mouth for the purpose of eating, right? Now, that doesn't tell me how I should eat, what I should eat, how I should cook the food, but I, ha- I get a vague sense of purpose when I look at my body. Or I notice that I have eyes, and I also notice that when I close them, I can't see anything. And when I open them, I can see things, which seems to indicate that my eyes are there for this purpose of seeing the world. Or my feet look like they're specially designed For walking. I ran a mile yesterday, by the way. You want want to guess how fast I ran the mile?
2: Nine and and
0: a quarter. 6.25. Nice. Yeah, thanks. I was running next to Andrew. He says, hey, Dad, we're doing a mile challenge at the gym. You want to come? So he he gets next to me and puts the treadmill as fast as it can go, 12 miles an hour. (laughs) Of course, he almost lost his cookies. And I wasn't even anywhere close, so mm. he beat me by a minute and ten seconds. But
2: but the nausea factor, yeah, yeah. The point is,
0: <laughs> I've got feet, and it looks like they're there for running around. That's cool. So we can see a little bit of the purpose for which the Lord created us. And i I've, so I've got other body parts, and most other people do. And you're like, hey, these seems like they do things too. Like what? There's a baby so so there's a purpose sort of built into creation now now we can say further about what that means namely that uh that that must mean that i'm a man and the person with the other kind of parts is a woman and that that means being a mom and a dad and that children come forth and so that humanity continues it doesn't tell us that we should raise the children in the fear and nurture of the lord it doesn't tell us that husbands and wives should be devoted to one another and so forth. you got, you got to extend on from these sorts of things. So the purpose is still somewhat vague, but the purpose is there. But the further we move, and then there's a whole thing of meaning. This means something. It means something to be a man or a woman. It means something to be a father and a mother. It means something to be a spouse. It means something to be a human. And that we have to bring to the picture. But the purpose is there to be seen if we could only look at it and the further we go in obscuring the purpose that is inherent in even in nature the more uh, uh, the, the the more dangerous things get you know if, if can you if you remember how you remember the scene in um the little mermaid remember the little mermaid were you watching that yesterday?
2: yeah probably was <laughs> where,
0: where the uh, there's all these human things and they and the, and the uh, uh, and the mermaids have no idea what they are mm-hmm. like a fork or shoes for example and so you're just making stuff up that's how we are with our bodies now mm. We don't know the purpose of it so we're just making stuff up and uh, nothing good is going to come from that. Uh, For for anybody. So it's a really... uh, We're in a really uh, tricky spot as human beings nowadays.
2: Well, well, to Take the... I mean, this is kind of what you're saying, but um, where are we as a society if um, with regards to the issue of transgender... People... uh, Men thinking they're women or women thinking they're men. If we as a society are observing the sixth commandment in other words if we don't if we don't see uh hooking up as a moral option but that uh, uh you know we need to be married you know that in order in order to engage in intimacy we would first be married are people still confused about their genders wait a
0: minute Ask me. That. In other in honest.
2: other words, it is, does the does the issue of people being confused about their genders flow from uh, sexual promiscuity?
0: Oh, I see what you're saying.
2: Um. Hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not here saying that only those who are, you know, fornicators are are confused about their gender, but I'm just thinking as a society if we understood. Uh, male and female to be part of this union of marriage, then I think that we're less likely to be so confused about the functions of male and female. Right. We we, we see that there's 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 the uh, well go back to vocation we had. You know, if I'm a male, then I serve a vocation for a female, and that vocation has more to do just with body parts
0: <laughs> you, you know what I think so I wouldn't say it like this so see if this fits that so one of the big problems with the hookup culture maybe the big problem there's a lot of problems but the, the big one is that we have we have redefined the telos of intimacy so the telos meaning the goal or completion or something and so what's the telos of intimacy is it to have a child or is it my own pleasure and so if the telos of intimacy is my own pleasure rather than someone else children and life and so forth then um then then that thing that good of having babies that is lost and uh and so if that good is lost, mm-hmm. then what does it matter if I'm a man or a woman or something mm-hmm. in between, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, I mean, because the tr- I mean, part of the trouble, remember, is that we got humanities on these two mountains, and you can't get from one peak to the other. You can only go down to the valley. And so, the more serious someone is about their being transgender, then the the farther away they get from being able to have a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, the hormones don't help, but the knife certainly will do the trick, and so, so um, you become unfruitful. You become a eunuch, or a, whatever the the female version of being a eunuch is, and then the and so, but, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't. That's not understood as a loss. I mean, so like, what if we had this this really quite natural, but also biblical. But, I mean, you could even just be an old-style evolutionist and you could say, you know, the purpose of me is to further the species or something. And so my fertility is understood as something that's good. And, and so, the, okay, so let's, let's say that that's the case. Like, I understand my fertility, my capacity to have children as a good, but then I'm confused about if I'm a man or a woman. Th- those two are now in conflict with one another. So maybe I think, well, maybe I should, I should wear women's clothing. But also, I don't want to destroy the capacity to have children. So, I so the two are fighting against each other. But if children are not understood as a good anymore, then there's then, then why preserve, fertility, mm-hmm. masculinity, or femininity in that way? Mm-hmm. See, yeah. So I I I would see that as the it all as the connection, and, and it boils down to. Well, it probably just boils down to the devil hating babies, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where it always—that's the—that's the common element of the whole deal.
2: And I—and I, you know, think of um, Jesus holding you know baby and saying, you know, unless you become like one of these, you can't enter the kingdom of God. Um, you know, children, children hear the word of God and believe it, um, and that's I think partly why the devil hates them so much. <laughs> You know, I mean, here you have um, children who belong to the kingdom of God, and the devil hates that. So the culture, right. the culture of death, is also going to uh, despise the same children. All right. Well, uh, we'll take another break. We'll see if we have time for another voicemail. We have a, a clip from Fox News on the shooting in Buffalo. we we'll be right back.
1: Ask me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio.
0: Get the Around the Word devotions delivered to you in a free daily email. You can f- sign up for that at mean.org. Click the devotions button.
2: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Well, it uh, seems like it, this is in the news all the time, another shooting of some public place. Uh, one of the recent ones was in Buffalo, New York, where a shooter went into a shopping center or a supermarket of some kind and uh, and, and did some shooting of people just going to get their groceries. And so there was a, a recently a, a pastor on Fox News, and they asked the pastor what— uh, uh, what what is god how How does God allow these things to happen? This was the question and his response
1: all right bishop i 'm going to ask you a tough question. This is a spiritual question for those wondering how God can allow this I mean people shot while they 're just shopping and working i mean what what is the answer to how that can be allowed by a loving God? you know i mean it 's a good question, and i don 't you know evil. Uh, is a part of our existence and a part of our world. And I don't think this is something that God wanted. I don't think it's something that God willed. I think that this was the evil actions of a person. So I won't put it on God, and I want to make sure that it stays on that person um, because God uh, can get the glory in all things, and all things really do work together for the good of, him, of them who love the Lord. So I just believe, that we can be a better people, a better country, out of all of this.
2: All right, what do you think, Pastor? Well, it's a it's a
0: interesting question because the the farther away you are from the circumstance, the more you ask the question. Hmm. So I remember when we were um, in Aurora when the theater shooting happened. Remember mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. a few years back? And I thought that was going to be the question people were going to be asking: how how can Why did this happen? Why did God let this happen? Where's God in the midst of all this? And nobody in Aurora was asking that question. They were asking the question, what can I do to help? Mm. Where's the blood bank? How can I, you know, and then that question, how, how can we make sure that this guy gets justice or whatever? The question comes back. Uh, later, you come and ask it, but it's interesting that the the the, the problem of suffering is actually decreased the more you're suffering.
2: <laughs> so the, the for those because who are presently in, in it, they don't. That's yeah. not the question that comes to their mind first.
0: Yeah, you the, when you're in it, you're you're praying for God to help you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I mean, you might be wondering why He's causing this, because we always have that idea that understanding why will bring some comfort, but. But the Lord knows. There's no comfort in the why question. He, his His comfort comes in the that He's with us. The who question. He's he, that Jesus also suffers, um, and and that's the real and and that's where it really pushes us. You know, that's the this question of suffering pushes us to the fact that Jesus suffers. So six times Peter brings this up. You're suffering. You're suffering. Christ also suffered. He says four times of the six, he brings up suffering. He talks about how Christ also suffered. So. So that that's the the Christian answer is that why does God allow all this? Well, why did the, he he not only allows this suffering, but he also he puts himself into the midst mm-hmm. of our suffering. So he he doesn't stop the suffering; he joins it. I mean, not to cause it, but to to experience it. And so, if we were in charge, we would bring it into suffering, I guess, or maybe bring an end to suffering for the people we like, mm-hmm. but 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 god says i'm going to go and join in the suffering that they are bringing about on themselves i'm going to go join in that suffering to redeem them out of it in the resurrection so so that's how so that's so that's what's going on but i i think the pastor probably answered as well as you could i mean I, i'm not sure how if if i have a question like that and you're on you, you, yeah. you know, a TV show or something. I think you have to say the same thing. Yeah. So God has arranged the world in such a way that the things that he wants don't happen. He, the, the, every sin is a breaking of God's will, because mm-hmm. God doesn't want people to murder. That's why he says don't murder. Right. And God doesn't want people to, to lie. That's why he says don't bear false witness. So every sin is proof that God doesn't get what he wants. He's arranged things in such a way that He's not that he can be disappointed And the Bible tells us that that is the case. So the Bible doesn't tell us. It's not like we read the Bible and we see that God is the one who prevents all evil and suffering. And then we look at the world and we see evil and suffering and say, hey, something's not right. No, no. The Bible tells us, maybe even more than our own lives do, that this life is full of trouble and suffering and tells us why. Mm -hmm. Because of the rebellion of the devil and Adam and Eve and the inherited and, and actual sins that we commit making us children of wrath in in this state of wrath
2: that's your buzzword not mine <laughs> which i just forgot so yeah so uh, i i think i think i mean so we 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 want it's a difference in what we look at the lord's um what does the lord's victory look like and i think because we affirm the attributes of god that he's all powerful then we would expect him to have this victory even before the evil starts. So there's uh, a gunman, um, you know, intending to walk in and shoot people and we expect then God who's all powerful and who loves those people in the shopping center to prevent that, um, sin from ever taking place in the, in the first place. Um, we, we kind of want that for the, the things like this, um, I mean, what would our lives look like if the Lord stopped our every action of sin? <laughs> you know, we would, would, wouldn't move, I suppose. But the Lord's victory is not on the front end, but actually on the back end. So that putting himself, like you said, in the midst of that suffering. So we think of Joseph. Um, you know, at the end of the story, he says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And, God, I mean, God certainly could have... Uh, stopped Joseph's brothers from selling him into slavery. But he had these dreams long before he was sold into slavery. <laughs> you know? I mean, so so the, the Lord uh, uh, allows the sin to take place and the victory comes through that suffering. So you have, you know, people uh, arresting Jesus and scourging him and crucifying him. And yet it is, by those very actions which are sins uh that he wins atonement for the sins of the entire world and so we we live in that form in the form of Jesus who who suffer and yet through that suffering uh have victory in Christ That's right That's great right and very well said Are you turning are you turning to a certain page I, I don't understand
0: I wrote that down. The <laughs> Lord's victory over sin is not on the front end, prevention. On the back end, consummation.
2: Copyrighted. Boom. All right. Well, we have about three minutes left. I suppose we have time for another, another voicemail. What, what do you think? Let's do it. All right.
1: This is Al calling from Arlington, Texas. I didn't see a bumper sticker or a church sign, but I did see a billboard for a local uh, Christian radio station. And the ad said worship through it. Worship through it. Have fun with that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you think? Worship through it. Well, that could be
0: Here here's how I take it, and I don't know, this is maybe best construction, but that's what we're supposed to do is so you're having all sorts of trouble and difficulty in life. That's what I see this. And and so the what are we supposed to do to get through it? We're supposed to worship, we're supposed to worship God in the midst of in the midst of difficulty, and it reminds me of Job, who, when all these things were taken away, it says he worshipped God, yeah, and he blessed God, and so there is a there, there is a there is a safety, a retreat, a um a, a sort of protection in the act of worship, to, uh, to which we are called in the midst of suffering and um so so i think that might be what it's getting at and in that way it it might not be that bad of course we would wonder what they meant by worship yeah you know, listen to our radio station it.
2: <laughs> that's that's interesting i mean normally you'd say like push through it right or or right. uh what are the things that we say uh um just got to keep on keeping on or whatever uh the the nice thing about this is if We say, you know, we're going to worship through it means that what's going to get us through is not my persistence or my resiliency, but as my Lord. But I think this only can kind of come together and make sense if we understand worship to be something that we're receiving something in word and sacrament. And if you don't have a sacramental theology, this billboard makes no sense whatsoever. Right, that's right. I found the verse. It's
0: Job 1, verse 20. Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head. And fell to the ground and worshipped.
2: As they worshipped through it? Have you, could you look at the Hebrew to see if... And worshipped through it. And worshipped through it. And he it. said, <laughs> Naked I came from my mother's womb.
0: Naked I shall return. The Lord gave. The Lord has taken away. It's nice to say the Lord gave, no problem. The Lord gave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So and I, in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong.
2: Yeah, so I just have 30 seconds here. I just want to make one quick, quick point, and I'll let you have the last word. Uh, it is a good thing to say that when we're going through the crosses of life, the place to put ourselves is where word and sacrament is found. What are you, what's your last That's word, exactly Pastor Wolfman?
0: Right. And, and hearing that word and trusting in that word uh, in the midst of suffering is worship. Remember how Melanchthon describes it? Hmm. Worship is faith fighting despair. Hmm. And our whole life, then, is that faith clinging to the word— in the midst of all sorts of opposition and ugliness and knowing that the Lord who can't lie has told the truth to us, that our sins are forgiven and there's a place in us in the resurrection.
2: That's it, and not in there's the state of wrath. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio.
0: Thanks to all the little ichthoy out there. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio.
1: Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.